0: I feel I should give some sort of warning for this episode as I will be talking a lot about death and things associated with that. This is another one of those darker and heavier episodes. I have been contemplating death quite a bit recently and normally In a way, I kind of already do this. Every time I'm driving, once in a while I'll get those intrusive thoughts, you know, what if I crash and just died? Or if I'm in a crowded place, you know, what if someone comes up and tries to rob this place at gunpoint and I happen to be one of those victims? And even when I'm with my family, I'll sometimes catch myself trying to freeze, trying to hold that present moment because I know that one day it's not going to be as it once was. So I'll try to freeze that moment and try to remember as much details as I can, who I'm with, what they're wearing, their smile on their faces, the smells around me. What the energy feels like. The texture that I'm sensing, whether it be the carpet that I'm sitting on, the chair that I'm sitting on, or the sand in my toes if I'm walking on the beach. What the sky looks like. Is it sunny? Is it cloudy? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it windy? Is there music playing in the background? Are there birds chirping? You know, just as much detail as I can. And if you've listened to the last episode, then for obvious reasons, you know that death has been on my mind quite a lot. It could also be this Pluto retrograde that is making most of us kind of look within. And since it deals with... You know, death and rebirth and transformation. That might be, that might be part of it. Or it could be all of it at once. And because it's been on my mind so much, I've decided to sit with it and meditate with it. I've done this now a couple of times in complete darkness, and it has this kind of heavy energy. To be honest, it made me feel kind of uncomfortable, but it's because it made me feel uncomfortable that I decided to explore it further. And that led me to today's episode and topic of necromancy. Necromancy comes from the Greek word necromanthia, which pretty much means divination by means of a dead body. Now, when people hear the term necromancy, people will either think of the practice, which involves talking to spirits, or they'll think about the system in magic. Which actually involves the death current. For this episode, however, we will be focusing on the practice. So, the art of communing with spirits. And necromancy includes raising the actual corpse and psiomancy. And that means divination by consulting the shades of the dead. So, in other words, by talking to spirits. Now, if you think this topic is taboo, wait till you hear what the rituals consist of. You know, it's common to see magic described as light and dark, good and evil, acceptable practices versus those that are considered taboo, such as necromancy. But that wasn't always the case. The earliest accounts of necromancy actually took place in ancient Rome, ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, and Babylonia. And there was no shame to it, because for the most part, People just wanted closure from a loved one and had no ill intent. The negative connotations tied to necromancy happened much later. In the West, people began to categorize magic into natural magic, where power was drawn from the earth and the world around, where this type of magic could coexist with Christianity but necromancy could not. It was then considered part of the dark arts because it consisted of attempting to control other dark realms that regular people were not meant to know about. And sometimes the practice of necromancy consisted of animal sacrifice, exorcisms, and astral magic. And so it came down to natural versus supernatural. There are three things that have been outlined that can be achieved through necromancy. One is knowledge. So many will commune with the dead to try and obtain knowledge of the future, of the past and or present. So, for example, in ancient civilizations, many kings would partake in necromancy to find out if the gods favored them in a time of war and whether or not they would be successful. Others seek to know knowledge of the present, information that is perhaps currently being hidden to them, and they just want to unveil it. They might want to know the truth about something. And likewise, others might want to know things of the past. Why maybe someone who is no longer with them did certain things. Those who have already crossed over are said to no longer be restricted by the limitations of this 3D, physical, material world. And, in fact, because they are in another dimension, they now have access to the past, present, and future. The second act that can be achieved through necromancy is illusion. The necromancer, a person who practices necromancy, can create illusions with the help of spirits. A great magician, a great necromancer, is said to be able to control spirits and get them to create these grand illusions such as an army, if he so desired or create the illusion of a certain loved one. He has the ability to conjure food, create entertainment, and or conjure a form of transportation. And lastly, the third act that can be achieved through necromancy is the ability to manipulate the will of others. So for example, You can call upon these spirits so that they may help you mess with other people's minds and eventually drive them crazy. They can help you by preventing someone from eating and or sleeping, if your intentions are those. Or they can help you influence someone to either love or hate to gain their favor. You know, it always fascinates me whenever I experience synchronicities in my life. And every time that I acknowledge one, I interpret it to be as a sign from the universe telling me I'm on the right path. And I just want to share this with you guys because... It has to do with necromancy. So, if you don't know, when I was first going through my spiritual awakening, that same month was when the very first Doctor Strange movie first came out. And I had already had certain experiences like sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, and I had just discovered meditation. I was researching astral projection, and so when I saw this movie, I could not believe that they were talking about all of this, everything that I've experienced, and so it was one of the first moments where I truly realized that even though it's a fictional movie, it contains very real topics, and... That's why Mysteries Beyond with Laura Lavender is heavily inspired by Doctor Strange. Not only is it in the title, but it's also in the introduction. And that's why you'll hear me say what mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses. And who are you in this vast multiverse? Because that was one of the quotes from that movie. And so, in the beginning of my spiritual journey, you could say that I had somewhat of a rude awakening. And for whatever reason, my journey led me to research and investigate the love and light side of spirituality first. However, now I find that my spiritual journey is leading me to explore and research the darker side, the more denser side of spirituality. Because if you're going to be a true and well-balanced spiritualist, you have to explore both sides. And so over the weekend, I went to go watch this new Doctor Strange movie, The Multiverse of Madness. And so, without giving away too many spoilers, I will say it was a darker movie. And it included necromancy. So, if you want to see examples of how necromancy can be used for those three acts, knowledge, illusion, transportation, and the ability to manipulate the will of others through spirits and or demons, then go check out that movie. And I say it was synchronistic because I happen to be doing research on necromancy, and then I go watch this movie, and they're talking about necromancy. And even the fictional character, Doctor Strange his journey led him to go down and explore the darker side of magic. But anyway, moving forward. Really quickly, if you're considering or if you've ever considered necromancy in terms of the magical system, know that it is considered one of the most dangerous, actually, it is the most dangerous magical operation that there is. And that's because you're dealing with the energy of death. In fact, some magicians would say it's more dangerous than if you were to work with demons. And that just goes to show you how serious this is. Alright, so the rituals involving actually raising a physical body from the dead can be quite grotesque. To begin, the necromancer should focus on those who have died within one year or less. The rituals consist of surrounding yourself with the aura of death for days. And how do you do that? Well, some have actually dressed in musty grave clothing. And when they put them on, some recite the actual funeral services over themselves. They consume blackened bread that has been baked without salt. They drink unfermented grape juice. And this is done to symbolize the decay and lifelessness of the dead. And the bread is baked without the salt because the salt is a preservative. So you want to do the opposite of that. And the grape juice is unfermented because it symbolizes the matter without the spirit. Because if you ferment the grape juice, then it turns into wine, and wine has alcohol, and alcohol is spirit. So you want to do the opposite of that, to symbolize death. Those who have performed necromancy on an actual corpse are said to have arranged the body with the head facing the east, the direction of the rising sun. This concept actually comes from ancient Egypt because they believed that the world of the dead lies in the west, where the sun god disappeared every evening. You know, what I found interesting during my research for this topic of necromancy is that from ancient civilizations up until present day death seems to be the underlying theme of all spiritual beliefs humans have in a way always been obsessed with death How to delay it, whether it be by working out, eating healthier, taking medication, doing treatments, surgeries, everything, including how to prepare for the afterlife and how to come back from it. I mean, even think about the ancient Egyptians, how they would mummify a body, preserve the body, and help prepare for the afterlife. There's actually a philosophy that I came across that states that we should make an ally out of death because it's the one thing none of us can escape from. It, it doesn't discriminate. Death is ever-present and always there with us from the moment that we're born. And in fact, we are all joined and connected through death. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I have been meditating on death and willfully focusing on a black skull in my mind's eye. When suddenly that image morphed into a a grim reaper type of image and i heard it telepathically tell me it's pointless to cross yourself when leaving the house in the morning if your intention is to prevent death that day because that's something not even the angels can help we are all meant to die we all have an unseen timer on us from the day that we are born He said, it's fine if you do it as a form of protection from harm, but not from death. And through my spiritual journey so far, I have learned that if you're about life, then you have to be about death because they're part of the same cycle. You can't have one without the other but I also want to know what you guys think. So send me an email at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com or friend me on Instagram and, you know, message me through there. I'm very curious to know what your thoughts are on on this topic. And that applies to if you guys have any questions or if there is any feedback or if there's simply anything that you feel like sharing, you know, message me. Also, don't forget to check out our website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And as always, I appreciate you guys for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.